Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is up, beautiful people? As you roll in here, as always, drop in the chat. Where are you coming in from? Where in the world are you? Are you in Chicago like all the rest of my friends? You know, as we're just talking about how much fun I have because they all get to hang out all the time and I'm up here in Canada. So drop in the chat. Where are you coming from? Super excited for today's show and we'll get started in just a momento. There we go. Billy, Mi- Mi- Minneapolis, Toronto. Yes, there you go. Here's a tip for anyone who ever goes to Toronto and is American. The way they know you're American is you say Toronto when most Canadians will say Toronto. T's almost silent. So you want them to think you're a Canadian? Drop the T. All right. Well, that's true. No, no, definitely 100. Look, someone in Chicago, um, not Chicago, Toronto, please confirm. Dude, no, I know that's how you see Toronto. I just don't know if that's like if Americans say it weirdly. British Americans, I think they, they say Toronto most of the time. Now you it might not really like how some people say uh instead of Oregon, they say Oregon. Some people, I'm not pointing fingers. Oregano. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're making but I remember when I did that and you actually called me out big time. Anyway, Leslie, before you start introducing yourself, let me introduce our guest today. We're talking with Leslie Vanette, and the topic, we skipped the slide there, is key strategies to master LinkedIn prospecting. So we're going to be talking about ways that you can use LinkedIn to prospect, book meetings, engage your customers. And to do that with me, we've got Leslie Vanette, one of my good friends. Leslie, how are you doing today? I am just so, I'm excited for this topic. I'm excited to see your face in real time. I'm excited that everybody's here live with us. It's going to be amazing. Beautiful. All right. Just a couple of housekeeping notes before we jump in of course today's session is recorded you can always drop back onto the the sell better website see our daily show recordings and we send them out i think 24 hours after they go live so you'll get a recording of this one tomorrow so if you have to drop off you want to come back and take notes which i promise you you probably want to uh then that's where you can do so also check out all of our other channels uh we make content on youtube linkedin tiki talks all those things as well just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors today this one is brought to you by Common Room. Now, Common Room is a tool that I've used in the past. It's like an intent data platform that shows you people who you may or may not be aware of and who is the most engaged in your community, which allows you to see, hey, there's some low-hanging fruit. We've got four people from this company talking about us, and we haven't hit them up yet. Oftentimes in prospecting, targeting is like the most important step. So this will help you target the right people. Thank you, Common Room. But for today's agenda, we're going to be talking about three main things. Number one, optimizing your profile so you can get more connections and how you might want to make use of connection request notes so that more prospects will accept your connection requests. We'll then talk through Leslie's framework for sending a compelling, a second now, a compelling, oh gosh, now we skipped ahead, uh, sending a compelling DM that doesn't feel like a total pitch slap that's going to get you called out, screenshotted and posted on the uh, feed of some CISO. And then finally, we'll talk about follow-up frameworks to increase the chances of getting a response. Leslie's got a sequence that we're going to get walked through here today, which I'm super excited to share with y'all. But first of all, Leslie, let's talk about that first point, your profile. How can we start thinking about looking like a, a human being, someone that people want to actually be connected with before we connect with them? Mm, and we have a little poll rocking. Oh, we got a poll rocking, yeah. Drop, drop who's in the room. SDR, BDR, AE, Frontline Manager, Senior Leadership, or other. Um, so make sure you respond to that so we can get an idea about who might be here today. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say the three easiest things to do to optimize your profile is background image, which is like the big banner behind the picture of your face, the picture of your face, and then your headline. And I feel like the profile picture, maybe the headline, but I feel like the profile picture is the easiest thing to change to increase your credibility. What you don't want is no picture. If you are not comfortable, though, putting your own picture up, do a company logo or do like an emoji instead of nothing. Because I know that's something I hear from folks that they're like, well, I don't want a picture of my face. And I'm like, that's fine. But make it not just like the weird ghost body outline. I'm with you there. When I see one of those folks, I assume they're just not a real person. So ideally have a photo of yourself. Any tips for making sure that photo makes you look like the kind of people that want, you know, people want to talk to and meet with and connect with? I think make it show your personality. So for you or me, that's probably going to be kind of like a bubbly or silly sort of photo, right? Yes. Always the double thumbs up, always a win. Um, for somebody else, that might not be congruent with their personality. So show your personality, but try not to show like just the arm of somebody that you took the picture with partially cut off. Yeah. Like we all have iPhones, like, or whatever. We all have phones. Have have a friend take a picture of you against a white background. Get a tripod, set the timer up, lean it against something in the kitchen, and just look smart. Um, and smile is a big one. You're not smiling. People love a smile. Which not we don't program to be mean people who are smiling at us. You walked up to someone on the street and tried to ask them to be your friend and you weren't smiling, they'd probably think you're a creep, right? You're going to increase your chances when you're one of these bad boys on as well. Now, so the photo, you also mentioned the headline. What were you thinking there? What do people do wrong with that? What's a better approach? And if they, they just repeat their job title in their headline and it is such a waste of the space. If I want to know what your job title is, I, I just have to scroll down like just a little bit and it's right there there's a whole job experience section your headline is about telling a story and you are more than just your job title so two of my favorite ways i love to see people use headlines um, is to talk both about who they are at work and who they are outside of work i think that's a really fun way of making a seem just like more human more relatable or another favorite is using it to talk about the problems you help your That's one that I really like as well. And and a point to this as well, if you just put your job title and you most likely work in sales, if you're on this on this on this uh, show here, people naturally are resistant to seeing sales. Like when you go to the store and someone walks up to you and says, Hi, can I help you? You immediately reject, right? You you instinctually push away. So we're not trying to deceive them. By, by making sure that our job title isn't sales, but by putting that there, you're basically holding a big flashing sign saying, hey, the chance of meeting you are higher than anyone else who's trying to connect with you. So just by changing that one thing, you're probably going to see more connection requests uh, get accepted. Now, Leslie, I know you mentioned that you've got a client here, uh, Ashley, wanted to just run through the profile, some things that Ashley might be doing well that people can take away from today. Yeah, absolutely. I So I don't think that you have to have your company as your banner, that's not necessary if you want it to be something else. But I think this looks clean, like clean, crisp, uncluttered. 
I love her picture. Feels very relatable. You guys don't, you all don't know her, but I do. So it's like, this is very her personality. Um, but what I love most about this profile, um, and we built this out, out of a, like a workshop that I had the chance to do with her team, is the headline that she updated. It was previously account manager. Now she's talking about the important work that she's doing. She's helping. She's building. She's automating. Um, and I just absolutely adore that very like prospect and client centric approach to leveraging a headline. Absolutely love that. And I'm with you on the banner image, by the way. When you connect with someone in the connection request, the first, the only things they see are your name, your picture, and your headline, right? So if they click on your profile, that's maybe an opportunity to do like a little mini ad of what you do and be a bit more direct in, in saying, hey, this is how we help, right? Um, or, or, or promote your business a little bit more with that um, banner image at the top. If not, you know, if you play golf, put a golf course. If you go-kart, put some go-kart tracks up there, whatever you may choose. I do like it when I can see something about what a company does. It's kind of like a little, it's like a signature in an email. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, that's what yours is right now. Yours says what you what you do. Mine, my 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 my. Don't use my profile as example, folks, on LinkedIn. Follow me for sure, but don't use it as the the example because <laughs> mine is a mess. It's like an example of what not to do. Um, I don't look. I look like a absolute waste man. I'm wearing a silly hat. Uh, my back, my banner image is just items from my merch store. My my headline is trust me I'm a salesperson, which people have told me, hey Will, I saw salesperson in your tagline and I didn't accept your request because of that. And I forgot who you were, but then I went back and re-added you. Oh, and that's, that's just so funny. I know, because you know, salespeople aren't generally trusted. It's a play on words. But, you know, when we're talking about prospects, they're in that mode of just like, okay, get that away from me. I'm not I don't want to be pitched. So when they see sales, that's just an example of exactly like the backbone. Now I'm not gonna change it. Because I don't really care who's accepting my connection requests. Yeah. But if I worked as a SDR, BDR, AE who's prospecting a lot more on LinkedIn and not trying to build a brand like like you and I do, then I, I would recommend just keeping the word sales out of there. That said, your profile is one element of it. But then, of course, yeah. you're going to send a connection request. And we have a little poll here for the audience today. There is a debate that fires up many people on whether or not you should include a note in your connection request or not. Um, so... I'd love for everyone in the audience, if you connect people on LinkedIn, are you leaving notes? Are you not leaving notes? Let us know. Leslie, what's your take on this? Okay. I cannot wait to see the results of this poll. And I'm going to answer your question. But but one thing first on your profile, like optimizing it, keep your prospect in mind on the range of like extremely professional to extremely silly, like something Will does or mine's just like yelling at you in fluorescent colors. For folks whose ICP is sales and marketing, I think we can get away with a lot more because we're selling to a persona that sort of gets it. But previous to me selling to the sales marketing ICP, I sold to Fortune 500 chief procurement officers. So you better believe that my profile reflected like the professionalism of the industry with which I sold to. So I feel like that's important to call out, like make it reflective of your personality, but do that in the context of I'm trying to appear credible to, you know, XYZ persona. Uh, okay. LinkedIn connect request. Let's talk about it. Yes. Data shows that no note is still the winner right now. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, with the data, like if you want to follow the data, data shows no notes, the winner. Here's what I found from testing this many, many times, like with my own connections with clients, is that I get the best results from a connect request that has a message, but there's a catch. The message has to start a conversation. Okay. I want to have a quick look at the results of that poll, and then we can have a look at what you use as a note. So always add a note. It depends 50%. And the fewest, that's surprising to me, leaving it blank. Because I've always been a leave it blank person, Leslie. But that's because I don't have a unique approach like yours. So if I say something, I just don't want to send something generic. Because I think that's the worst we can do. Send someone, hey, we swim in similar circles. We have a lot of mutual connections. Or LinkedIn told me to connect with you. Oh, brilliant. Oh, Does cool. LinkedIn tell you what to do all day long? Or, is, or do you have any thoughts of your own? You know? But you've got a framework here that you used to use. So let's, let's have a look at that. Will, I see you're in the sales space. Um, okay, so this is actually an example of how you can send a totally generic note. So it's a little bit, it's a, like a, maybe a hot take. It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, I shared this one, though, because it has been super, super successful for me. And it's it's two different examples of how you can do it. One is just a connect request. Um, one is really starting that conversation, like trying to get them to reply for the report. And I also use a third version of this that is a connect message in mail double tap, which I start almost all of my sequences with a double tap. But what makes this work is that I am sharing. Like I'm immediately starting with trying to make a deposit. Here's the thing I can offer you. Mm. The catch, I would say, is that if I start with this first option, that's a nurture. I'm not going back to sell them. And so I like one of the topics I know um, that we were, we were posting on uh, LinkedIn going into this was how do you balance the social part of so social selling and the selling part of social selling? Here's a perfect example. If I use this connection note, that means I am putting this person in a long-term multi-channel nurture, or maybe there's somebody I'm just multi-threading. I don't ever want to meet with them, but I yeah. just want them to start seeing my content. Whereas the second message, that's when I'm going to pivot more quickly into a sales conversation. I like that. That you have two different approaches there because what you don't want to do is say, hey, I, I share content you find valuable and then just come in straight away with a bang. Just kidding. It's nothing about you, you finding my stuff valuable. It's because this, right? The second one, if we read through it, hi, Chris, and I regularly share relevant procurement trends and insights that you'll find valuable. You mentioned before this call that, you know, you, you mainly talk about sales, but every now and again, you'd be sharing some of your company's benchmarking reports or a blog. So that's not lying, you know, and, and most sellers probably should be doing a little bit of that, you know, sharing some of their company's insights, content, other data points they find interesting. You can find a summary eight-minute read of our 2024 CPO trends in your email right now. Let me know if you'd like the full report. It'd be my pleasure to connect Leslie. Ooh. Love that. Another deposit. Yeah, a deposit. And I'm trying to remove friction by telling them it's an eight-minute read, by telling them it's a summary. Um, what I would also do in the in-mail, if I wanted to go another level and personalize, is say, you know, 
Uh, check out bullet point number four. Based on your recent earnings report, that's going to be the trend most impactful to you. So you can you can layer this type of outreach or conversation starting technique to add relevant and that sort of like value driven personalization if you want to. So it's it's flexible, it can flex with you. Absolutely, I love that. And you you've you've mentioned an email in that connection request. Are you sending emails to people? Yep, sure. Still doing it. Still doing it. LinkedIn gives you 50, so you may as well use them. That's kind of my philosophy. Uh, I'm also running a campaign right now. We're going to uh, see the full sequence of it that I'm going to share with folks that joined us today, where I created my own infographic as well. And uh, part of the messaging in that is I created an infographic. I still think they're great. And then the shrug emoji, because I'm <laughs> sending it to like heads of content. So they're going to get that. Like, it's it's funny. They're going to think it's funny. I hope they think it's funny. <laughs> One question we had as I start sharing my screen here, because you're about to walk us through the sequence that you're talking about now. Yeah, what, sure, the, yeah. what is a double tap? Because I know that sometimes lingo can, can, can be, you know, you and I talk about this a lot. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, a double tap is a fancy way of saying that you're going to do two different activities, outreach activities on the same day. So it could be a LinkedIn double tap, which would be sending a connect request and sending an email on the same day. Or another one I use very often in my sequences is a cold call email double tap. So you would send the email and then immediately afterwards make the phone call. So it's just stacking two activities in one day. Absolutely. And you didn't do a triple tap. That's my favorite first first day. a triple tap. I call, leave a voicemail, say I'm going to send an email on the voicemail, and then drop an email. So that's a triple tap. Uh, Get it. But uh, you don't want to overdo that because, you know, that high frequency. Yes. You want to start spreading things out. Otherwise, people are going to get angry at you. Um, so here's your kind of, you mentioned a social uh, heavy sequence. Can you walk us through this a little bit more? Yes. Okay, so this is a new one that I created. I'm running it myself right now. But it's indicative of a lot of other campaigns that I have created very successfully. What you're still going to see is that it's three channels. Whoops. We, we got we got so much. We have so many fun things going on. Um, so it's three channels. So you're still seeing while it's social heavy, there are email touch points and then there's a phone call touch point. Mm -hmm. So I am optimizing meeting my prospect where they're at. Even though the way I built this prospect list was by only sending it to people that have been active on LinkedIn in the past 30 days. Yeah. So like that, that is one of my layers of segmentation is that this is a sequence that's built for people I'm confident are active on LinkedIn. And even then, I'm still building in two more channels. So that's an important thing to call out. And I would say my other very favorite thing about this sequence is that infographic I created we think about making deposits. So I share it in the in-mail, which you see on day one. I share it in the email, which you see on day three. And then if you come over here to day nine, I make it into a LinkedIn post. And then I'm going to tag it's a really small campaign too, I should shout out. Like I anticipate by day nine, there'll probably be 12 to 20 people left in the campaign. Uh, 
And so, yeah, so it's 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 a pretty like it's pretty micro campaign. But then I share the infographic with full copy as a LinkedIn post, and then I take them in the comments to ask for their insights. Oh, damn! So you're that? actually publicly prospecting. It's not just one to one. It's literally, hey, I put this out there now. So if you are someone who creates content, or somebody who doesn't, you can plan your and schedule your sequences around a post that you plan to do. And, and then that way you, you're using it because that that's not something I hear often. You know, like everyone tells you to comment and like on your prospects' posts, but no one says, "Oh, actually, go ahead and tag them and bring them into something that you've done." That's a, that's another level of something that I haven't heard before. So fun! Don't I think it can be abused? So, oh. like, if you have seventy people in a sequence, this is not the right play for you. If you are not super sure. The piece of content that you are publishing is pertinent to this person. This is not the right play for you. If you didn't use that segmentation to validate that these people are on LinkedIn frequently, this is not the right play for you. But we talk about how to do social selling, like how to be social in your sales process. I I love this. I think it's a super fun pattern interrupt. Um, and I've done it with lots of personas. So right now, while well, that campaign is to like heads of content, heads of community, I've done okay. it with sales. I've done it with procurement. I've done it with CFOs. I've done it with like HR. So I've done it with a lot of different personas and it does work across a variety of industries and personas. That's awesome because one of the main objections that I hear whenever we do a topic here at Salvador based on, on LinkedIn is like, my buyers aren't active on LinkedIn, right? The idea that you've almost mentioned here is that the way the people who end up in the sequence are people that you have validated are active on LinkedIn. Yeah. The people who are either posting content, these are all triggers that you can find in Sales Navigator as well. Posted content in the past 30 days, viewed your profile, follow your company page on LinkedIn. That would suggest that these people are somewhat active on the platform versus someone who like just uses it as a resume landing page, essentially. So therefore, those people are worth doing that little bit of work on social selling side. Um, you can also shout out to Common Room because I literally use the tool right now. You can have your company page integrated and it tells you who's interacting with your company page and you can build sequences like that, which is so cool. And one other thing I would mention because I, like you, hear people that are like, but my prospect doesn't post, so I'm this is silly. They don't have to post for you to have a social play. You can... Take them in some, like if you are, are doing LinkedIn right and you are following not just prospects, you're following thought leaders and academics and clients, whatever, you can take your prospects in their posts because you believe that they would be interesting and valuable to them. You can forward them into their, like as a DM. So instead of you sending a sales DM, it's just another way to make a deposit that like value-led deposit so they don't have to post for you to still use social posts in your plays yeah i like the word you keep using here to clarify for anyone that is not un unsure is deposit is like the opposite of withdrawal withdrawal is like hey this is me if you want to meet here's me this is all about me a deposit is like a a value driven you know literally deposit of content of something that's going to be helpful to them as a prospect and i highly recommend using that across all channels you know email is a great place to do that 
But it's even better, like Leslie said, when you can find content that isn't your company's necessarily, because most of your company's content is like case studies and mm. like like sometimes research or white papers, but they're very biased in some cases, or at least prospects view them that way. Yeah. And and so your deposit becomes more of a withdrawal because the content is so like marketing heavy. So finding like thought leaders like Leslie just said in your client's industry that you can follow in and use their content as those deposits, that's true generosity that will only increase the chance of the, the prospect reciprocating. Now, we've got a couple of DM frameworks I wanted to make sure we got through here, Les. Yeah. So let's just let's just power around because I know we've got three to look at here. So we're looking at a connection request with a message by the looks of things here. Yes, this is the this is that sequence. This is some of the terminology. This was sort of rough draft terminology. So if there's spelling errors, take it easy on me, folks. Okay. Um, I also dropped one of my best performing subject lines ever into the chat. And to your point, Will, it is external resource. So it's publication name with the topic. So like Reuters, Resilience, WSJ, Supplements, Forbes, Sustainability. So take a really well-known publication is the first word capitalized, colons, one phrase or like one word that's going to be pertinent to them is the second word. I mean, we're talking like 60 to 90% open rates across different personas. Like it, it's a good one. Try that out, folks. Um, but yes, this is the connect message that I'm sending. So like very similar to what uh, we shared earlier in our call where I am uh, pointing them to the in-mail. And then actually, if you want to go to the in-mail. Oh, I went somewhere. Yeah. And then the in-mail, um, you can't see it on this because it's below the the cutoff, but the in-mail then says, P.S., I also sent you an invite to connect. So the connect points to the in-mail, the in-mail points to the connect. And then that gives us an opportunity to increase our connect, our acceptance rates for our connect message. And gives us an opportunity to make in-mails worth sending. Absolutely. Because most in-mails are just used as another place to send a cold email. And that's not what they're, that's not what they're optimized for. Yeah. And then we got uh, an, another one here as a message as late, it looks like a bit later in the, in the sequence. This is the copy for the yep. LinkedIn post. Okay. So this is where the one where you'd be tagging the prospects in, yes. in the comment section. Cool. Love it. It's really fun. And y'all can follow along because I just did the first two steps yesterday. So that post is going to be coming soon, right? Yeah. It'll be next week. Go follow Leslie on LinkedIn right now. So Next everybody can follow along. In the chat so you can go see what happens with Leslie's post when she tags some of those prospects in there. Yes. You can see it in line and action. It's actually real. Leslie's not lying. She does this. And always be testing, right? Yeah. Like we just get to keep, that's the best part of sales in my opinion is that we get to keep iterating and trying new things and being creative and testing. And I think I nailed it. I think this one is really good, but maybe it isn't. And we'll get to all learn that together. Absolutely. All right. We got a couple of questions that came through in the chat. Right. Um, before we get to those though, Leslie, I'm super pumped to see you and Jen Allen Canoe in 18- yeah. 16 yeah. in Chicago. You're running an AE workshop masterclass for full cycle AEs in person to help them be good full cycle AEs, right? This is correct. I'm so excited. It's a full day content-led event. And then we have some mindset pieces sprinkled in because it's hard to absorb a full day of content without some moments to refresh 
uh, and take a few deep breaths. But yeah, anybody that is being asked, which is more and more common, even in SaaS, uh, being asked to like prospect an open door, then also own the entire sales cycle. Jen and I are going to just uh, drop some knowledge on you, but do it in a way that is accessible and friendly and fun and uh, like with mindfulness at its root. Two of my favorites. I know that's going to be an awesome day and uh, it'd be a good opportunity to shake hands with myself, Leslie, and if, for whatever weird reason, Jen Allen as well. So you can make it to that if you're in the uh, Chicago area or if you don't have anything scheduled and you want to fly in, I'm CSO. Um, I've got a couple of questions in the chat. So one person said, hey, why would you ever say no, 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 which is my, my personal preference. So maybe I'll, I'll defend my yeah. stats on that. I just believe that my profile can do the talking sometimes and and someone who gets a lot of notes, I, I think my no-no strategy is more about the fact that no-no is better than a bad note. Um, so if I don't feel like I've got anything to say, then I'm not going to try and force it because oftentimes when I see notes and connections, I get like 20, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. Just kidding, please. I'm, the ego is not real. Um, but I get a lot of connection requests. And typically I've noticed a trend that when someone includes a note, it's a precursor to me being pitch slapped. It's just a trend yeah. of notes, right? Yeah. So these days I accept almost all connection requests except for those, hey, we have mutual connections or what, whatever it may be, those really generic vague ones because they often tell me that, that person is literally just going to hit me the pitch straight away. Second thing is when I accept a request, it automatically pings my inbox. As someone with ADHD, I don't like task switching too much and that just adds a thing to my to-do list. So that's just my, my preference on it. Uh, let my profile do the talking. They can kind of figure out what I'm about uh, from that. But I like Leslie's approach as well um, as a way to add a note in there that's, that's you know, actually not the same as everyone else's. Yeah. A bad note is an automatic no. No, no is a maybe. So I think that's why it works so well is because people tell on themselves with their crappy, crappy notes. That's it. We got time for one more question here, Leslie. Someone just said, are you using any kind of email automation platform for your sequences? Yes. I use Mixmax and Apollo. Boom. There's your answer, folks. Um, I use HubSpot. Oh, uh, I also have HubSpot. I'll HubSpot girly. I also use Common Room. I love a sexy tech stack, people, and I pay my own bills so I can have whatever I want. Absolutely. All right, Leslie, we have a half an hour one today. These ones are always short and sweet, and that's sharing on the wrong screen now. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, come on. We're in it together. Thank Let's you. Let's Be sure to come along with yeah. the Excel Better uh, show on Monday. Uh, I'm not actually sure of the topic of that one, but uh, Maria will drop the link in the chat if you want to register for that one. Leslie, thank you so much for joining. Your insights have been so valuable. Where can people find you? Find me on LinkedIn. Yes. Leslie the Nets. You'll see her. That's right. And again, thank you so much to our sponsor, Common Room. It's a great tool. Well worth checking out if you're looking for ways to measure intent, especially on social media. Look for some of those low-hanging fruits. Thank you all. Good night and enjoy your weekends. Bye team. Happy Friday. Bye.